0: Hi there and welcome to church today we're excited as always to have you this morning i'm reading from the gospel of saint luke as we continue our journey to christmas taking a look at at some of the things that led up to the birth of jesus christ and and today we're looking at mary the mother of jesus uh, and, and mary has been visited by the angel gabriel uh, she has gone to visit her cousin uh, Elizabeth, who's also pregnant with John the Baptist, and John the Baptist in his mother's womb leaps for joy when when he hears the name Jesus. And and we focus this morning on a passage of scripture from Luke's gospel called the Song of Mary, the holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Have you ever had a situation in your life where you got up one morning, your feet hit the bedroom floor, you brushed your teeth, you had your cornflakes, you went to work, and you were expecting it to be an ordinary day when it turns out to be anything but an ordinary day? That out of nowhere, out of left field, comes an event that, that blesses your day in some sort of way. Maybe it's an encouraging word at just the right moment. Maybe somebody delivers a meal when you need it. Maybe you open up the mailbox and there's a check there right when you need it. There are hundreds of different ways that could potentially happen. Well, today, I want to focus on what happens when the really extraordinary happens in our lives. It occurs when God enters the world. What do we do when that happens? Well, I think we can learn a great deal, folks, from the life of the one known as Mary, the mother of Jesus, because she has an encounter. She has an extraordinary encounter with an angel, an archangel, by the name of Gabriel. Now, we don't know where Mary was on that day, or we actually don't even know what she was doing when she had this meeting with Gabriel. But we can imagine, I think we can imagine a little bit about what the conversation would have been like. Into her relatively uncomplicated, simple, first-century life comes, comes somebody with wings. Now, just like the shepherds, Mary becomes afraid. After all, it's not an everyday occurrence to have a conversation with an angel. Gabriel tells Mary she's found favor. And not just any favor, she's found divine favor with God. After Mary calms down a little, Gabriel wastes no time telling her his good news. Hey, Mary, guess what? You're going to have a baby. As a matter of fact, you're going to have a son, and and you're going to name him Jesus, and and he's going to be great. He's going to be the son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David forever. Your son, your son, his kingdom will have no end. Can you imagine receiving that message? Now, remember here that Mary isn't mature. She's not a college graduate. She's she's anything but. She's a teenager. She's probably 13, maybe 14 years of age because that was the typical age to get married back in that culture. She's engaged. She's engaged to a carpenter by the name of Joseph. Now at this point, you can imagine that Mary may have interrupted Gabriel as Gabriel was making this grand pronouncement and said something like, "Hey, Gabriel, there's just one small problem here. Isn't it true? Isn't it true that this great and this wondrous act of having a baby that you're talking about isn't it true that it cannot be accomplished alone?" And Gabriel would agree, and then Mary would say, "Then then it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because I'm a virgin." Now, Gabriel's response to that would probably absolutely floor Mary. He says, oh, oh, I forgot to mention, the baby's father, the baby's father will be God. Now, at hearing those words, I don't know if, if Mary would have been smiling or scared out of her mind or maybe a little bit of both, but Maybe she even thought she was on some sort of ancient version of candid camera. I have no idea. But Gabriel's response is one of the great Bible promises of all time. He says, says, Mary, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Isn't that a great statement? Nothing, no, nothing is impossible with God. It's one of those statements that's so amazing, so tremendous, that we can't even really comprehend it. Now Mary's a child of a religious family. She's engaged to a respectable member of the community. And and now she learns she's going to become pregnant. And not only is she going to become pregnant when she's not yet married, but the father of the baby is going to be the Holy Spirit. But who's going to believe her story? her parents, Joseph, her friends. She walks into the house, tells her parents, Mom, Dad, you're not going to believe this, but I'm going to have a baby. And, And moms and dads, how would you react to that? Maybe you're not too happy about it, but Mary says, don't worry, it's okay, because the daddy, the daddy of this baby is going to be God Almighty. How many parents would believe their daughter if their daughter told them that i'm not going to ask for for a show of hands but but you have to wonder do you see what mary was up against here now add to that add to all that the burden of being engaged in a society where being engaged was a far more binding commitment than it is now only divorce could break an engagement, and even though they were not yet married, if either Mary or Joseph, under the rules of this time, if either Mary or Joseph was unfaithful to the other, it would have been adultery, and adultery was punishable by death. This is a very big deal. And now she's pregnant. Talk about a change of plans. I mean, what would your fiancé say if you came to him with some story about an angel appearing to you, a miraculous conception? There was no man, sweetheart. Honest. God did it. Yeah, sure. Joseph had plans. Joseph was going to do the honorable thing by Mary. He was going to quietly divorce her. He must have cared pretty deeply for mary because he didn't have to be kind in the situation but but he planned to be kind he, he, he planned to do what he could to make the best of the situation but ultimately joseph too joseph too has an encounter with an angel and he comes to accept mary's story and we know the end of the story they go to bethlehem and indeed they have a baby We think things can get convoluted and complicated, busy and stressful in our lives, don't we? Imagine this. Imagine this suddenly given to you in the middle of some weekday afternoon while you're flipping through social media or whatever you're doing. But remember the wonderful part of the story. The wonderful part of the story, I think, is Mary's response to the angel's announcement. Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. That's it. No questions, no comments, no concerns. In essence, Mary simply said, okay. Okay. Talk about trust. Mary's trust is like telling my son to to jump off a a 10-foot wall. Come on, son, jump off the 10-foot wall, and and daddy's going to catch you. He does it. He trusts me, and he jumps off the wall. But but let me tell you, though, it's actually bigger than that. It's more like like tossing your child into the ocean, and not just tossing your child into the ocean, tossing your child into the ocean in the middle of a hurricane, saying, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll make sure of it. Trust me. Mary's trust is, is incredible. Mary consents. Nothing complicated, no need to fully understand or see the whole program, no need to get a handle on it, just a simple total trust on her part, that if God is announcing it to be this way, if God is doing it, then God must know what God is doing. Mary knows if God is in charge, if God is in charge, it's going to work out just fine. End of story we contemplate Mary's acceptance of God's plan for her, what about you? What about me this morning? Have you ever heard God calling out your name? Has God ever tapped you on the shoulder and wanted you to do something? Now, a lot of you know what I'm talking about when I say that you have felt led at some point in your life to do something. And maybe your response to that was fear. Maybe your response to that was, I'll get around to that later, God. But many of you out there, many of you at some point in your lives have actually felt God calling you to do something. I have to wonder, when that happened to you, did you do it? Did you trust God enough to be faithful to following him or or did you try to get out of it or did you try to dismiss it now mary mary had no way of understanding what god was asking her to do nor did she really understand what would happen to the little boy that she was going to have as he became a man and ultimately accepted his calling to be the messiah the savior of the world she she didn't know at that point that that the shepherds would be coming to welcome the baby into the world. She didn't know that that wise men from from a 1,000 miles away would show up bearing expensive gifts. She didn't know that that some deranged king would would try to have every, every little boy killed because of her baby. She didn't know she'd have to flee to Egypt. And she certainly didn't at that point foresee the cross either. Mary simply accepted God's plan. As a result of this news and and meeting with her cousin, Mary writes a song. And Luke records it, and I read it earlier. It's it's often called the Magnificat. It's, It's called that. Why? Because of the first line where Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. I wonder, I wonder if that's the song you and I would have sung under those circumstances. My soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Not my spirit puts up with what God has burdened me with, but my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Sometimes I imagine our song would have been more like, Why couldn't you have waited until I was married, God? Why couldn't you have told everybody? Why not just, why just me and Joseph? So we wouldn't have to bear this shame and humiliation. Mary sings, how I rejoice in God my Savior. Mary's entire attitude. Her entire attitude is one of trust. In effect, she's saying this, I may not understand it. I may not particularly enjoy it. And if I was in charge, I may well have done it differently but I will trust I will trust that God knows what God is doing and I won't just trust it I won't just trust it I will glorify God there's a huge difference friends a huge difference between resigned acceptance I don't like it but I'll do it and praiseful acceptance When you're willing to take God at God's word and believe in his promises, if God has allowed it to happen, then God has a purpose in it. And that purpose is much bigger, much bigger than we can usually imagine. Remember that line, with God, nothing is impossible. Mary goes on to sing in her song, she sings, For he, the mighty one, is holy, and he has done great things for me. A lesser soul, I think, could not have done that. Despised, ridiculed, gossiped about, yet Mary was able to see beyond her present circumstances, beyond the difficulty, beyond the uncomfort- uncomfortable nature of the current situation. She was able to see beyond all that to future promises. But, but we sometimes don't do that. We, we get dragged down by circumstances. Within God, there were four qualities that struck Mary that she sang about. She sang of God's holiness. She sang of God's mercy, his strength, his faithfulness. Are you singing today? Are you singing a a song of trust this season? What's occupying a prime spot in your mind today? Are you worrying about exams are you worrying about your job are you worrying about traveling are you worried about getting the christmas presents wrapped what are you worried about today well i suggest to you friends that today instead of instead of worrying about all that instead of getting bogged down by it all what we we need to do is we need to sing a song of our own and it needs to be a song of trust now mary She had to learn that if God's package for life and and her idea of what life should be, if those two things didn't fit, then it was her idea that would have to change, not God's. It's a lesson for us, isn't it? Wouldn't Wouldn't you say that Mary, who's uncertain of what will come, yet... Yet she's certain of the circumstances to the future promises. And sometimes we get dragged down. We get dragged way down by circumstances. Friends, this journey of faith, Mary's simple response stands for you and I even today. It stands as a marker, a spiritual signpost for us. We get so busy. We get so busy in just about everything else in our lives. We, we make things I think a lot more hectic and we make them a lot more complicated than they need to be we're all caught up in our planning we're all caught up in our working we're all caught up in in our worrying sometimes but there's a simplicity here there's a simplicity in Mary's response there's a simplicity in her attitude of total trust and reliance and you know what it literally jumps off the page you and I today what we have to do is we have to make sure that we catch hold of it my hope is that we'll see what Mary saw we'll see what allowed her to make this response that she did to, to step out on faith and to take the risk that she took when I was first getting started in ministry there was an associate pastor at a really large church at which I was serving and and she would She would, in cards to me and in little notes on my desk, she would always say, Jamie, take risks. Jamie, take risks. And I found it so annoying. I found it so annoying because it was much easier for me to stay in my little box. But what she was trying to say to me was, you know what? You're not going to do anything in ministry. You're not going to change the world. You're not going to accomplish anything unless you take a risk. Sometimes you've got to just say, yes, Lord, let's go. That's what Mary does here. So, this season, let's look beyond. Let's look beyond the packaging. Let's look beyond the wrapping. Let's look beyond the parties. Let's look to the holy, almighty, loving God who cares so incredibly deeply for each of us. So, how about it? This year, when you set your Christmas table, will you place Jesus as the simple, centerpiece of your celebration our God who loves us our God who values us our God who wants our life to be fully open to him he's calling out to us he's calling out to you and I this year he's calling out saying I know you I love you I care for you come unto me come unto me God God's not looking for a complicated response God's looking for a simple response. God's looking for us to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I will follow you. I hope that's where you are this year. If you're seeking God, I promise you, God will meet you right where you are. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.